louder. Welcome back, guys, to episode six of the NXT Evolution. I am your host, Eddie Shepard, along with... Just got done eating Wendy's, Travis Lasseter. They're not a sponsor yet, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. God the wrestling fans over there, if you ever follow their, their Twitter. Uh, Travis, it's been um, an interesting little bit here. No thunderstorms as we record this episode. Uh, just, how, however, just, they're creeping. They're about to say, just a wasp infestation. Yeah, yeah, really quick. So, yesterday, we're recording this on a Wednesday... So Tuesday, I, you know, I'm getting up to go to work and dropping my kids off to my mother-in-law's. My daughter already heads out to the car. We're about to leave, and all of a sudden, uh, I fucking wasp stings me on the temple, and I, you know, I swatted away. I, sw- I have, I, you know, I wear glasses and knock my glasses off, and I'm like, oh shit! So I made sure my daughter got to the car. I went back outside, and they were still flying by. Uh, there's a wasp nest right above our door from our um, where our awning. porch, our, our awning and our porch like connect. And, um, so yesterday after I got off work, I sprayed it. I got, uh, well, like spray, sprayed it down, killed it. And I was like, okay, you know, there's not much left. There was a, you know, a pretty decent size wasp nest there. And I thought, oh, it should be good. Nope. My wife, Landry, goes outside this morning and gets stung right on the cheek. Uh, they, Fucking they, Landry. They had came back. Dude, there was like 15, 20 of them uh, destroyed. I got the whole nest down, destroyed. It was a, a pain in the ass. But, yeah, wasp infestation. Infest- Infestation. So a big word. Got it. <laughs> big like the boogeyman. Oh, we do not mention Ed Leslie on this podcast. <laughs> I said the boogeyman. No, oh, not the booty man. <laughs> I heard what I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah, you got Ed Leslie on the mind. Damn it, Ed. So, guys, this past Sunday we had our NGW show. Huge crowd. Travis, you made quite a bit of money. Yes. Yep. Sold some wares. Did uh made about 150 bucks selling some action figures and stuff. Sold a Hasbro for our good fan, friend Brandon. So which uh, one did you sell? Oh, the Warrior uh, the one. Warrior one. The action did not work. Disclaimer: I told the guy. I told him. I told him. And also, we had people coming up to us saying they enjoyed the podcast. So that's yep. pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, both podcasts actually. They're like, "Oh, we're big fans of you. My wife loves you." We're like, "Hey, yay!" Yeah, I want to say that was uh, is it Tisha Joyce and uh, Jeremy Joyce. Uh, there were a few other ones that we didn't know had a lot of new fans at this show. A lot of people, you know, great feedback from the show. What did you think of the show, Travis? You were there. Uh, it's probably one of the top three NGW shows of all time. I would say everything. There, everything just was good. There was no lull, no bad match, no you know anything like that could be construed as not quality work. Didn't miss Davy Richards being there, so with the Davy Richards Jerk Squad, but you know, staff happens. Staff, staff, that's a shirt. Brandon, that's a shirt. <laughs> staff staff happens. happens, and it's jizz. Uh, oh. Yeah, the the only thing bad thing came from it, you know, where we do our our venue. It's kind of in a. Uh, the cusp of a sketchy area. There was quite a few cars that were broken into. Uh, the ill-begotten Jeremiah Plunkett and Alex Taylor from NWA fame. Their car got uh, their window got busted out. There's about twenty cars. Yeah, it was the, it was pretty uh, it was pretty rough. Um, so you know, I'm really sorry about that. It kind of sucks. Uh, we did have a couple of other NWA surprises. Uh, I'm trying to think. I know AJ Kazana popped in. I said what's up to him. And uh, who was the other guy? I'm trying to think. He was the one that has the mullet. Um, I think he was the one that had the uh, the transgender uh, person. 
as his manager. Uh, I cannot think of his name. I cannot think of his name right now either, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, they were sitting over there with uh, the ill-begotten at the table. Yeah. Yeah, and good old Danny Deals. Uh, great, Johnny Fairplay. Great show, guys. If you ever get the chance, you know, high spots, that, that show should be up there here here very, very soon. Or if not, you know, buy it at nextgentn.net. Good times. ROH debacles really quick, Travis. So ROH did their show this past Saturday. and uh, Tony Khan is a great promoter. Claudio wins the ROH title, which I completely agree putting the title on him. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, not so happy. Quit. <laughs> Wants his release from AEW, uh, supposedly. Um, but I, I get his, I get his beef. Like they, this show is like two weeks, three weeks promoted, like not very long, and then him and Claudio get thrown into something that doesn't make sense. He, he doesn't like. I mean, just a match to be a match, he, really. And then he really didn't want to be a heel, and then he's thrown in the Tully Blanchard thing instead of continuing the foundation. Tully Blanchard leaves. Doesn't I mean? Doesn't even get on the plane to come. Like I mean. There's there's some crack showing in Tony Khan right now, and whether his I, fans want to believe it or not, he there's some stuff going down. I, I, trying to be as biased as possible, I think Tony Khan is taking in too much at once. Yes, he's trying to do elevation, dark, rampage, ROH, and dynamite. That's a lot for anybody, he, and he needs help. But he doesn't want to admit help that he needs it. I mean, he does have people like Christopher Daniels, stuff like that. But, like, I mean, if your biggest complaint is you're not accessible to your talent and they can't contact you, you're t- you're already Vince McMahon. I mean, Vin- that's one of the biggest gripes of Vince McMahon is, or was Vince McMahon, you know, he retired. But, like, is they couldn't get access to him. He was so busy. He had all this other stuff going on. And I think he's trying to throw too much on his plate at one time. And I honestly think Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor as a spite buy in my opinion, because he even quoted that if he didn't buy it that day, then WWE was going to buy it. Is that who, that was who they were going to, to sell it. And I think, I think he had good intentions, but he doesn't need another brand. He's already got three, he's already got four shows. He's trying to book for AEW with dark elevation, rampage and, and uh, Dynamite and Rampage is already suffering. Like there's even Dave Meltzer has turned against Rampage yeah. and said that, that it, it, there's no reason to watch it because nothing happens there. Um, I just think Tony's taking on too much. I think he's signing people to appeal to the internet fan, which is fine. But when you only book them for six weeks and then you just let them sit on dark and elevation with no storyline, what's the point of booking the people? Yeah, I've told you, I've gone, I've grown so accustomed to being a WWE guy where if you get a feud, you're going to get, I mean, this is even territory days, but if, if you're going to get a feud, you're going to get, you know, three, six months out of a feud. The problem with AEW is they'll do a feud, they'll do their blow-off at the pay-per-view, and then they're on to something else. Well, and as good as FTR and the Briscoes is, there was real... They were just like, oh, we're going to have the rematch. That's yeah. it. Like, there was no... Well, it, that goes back to, like you were saying, they gave them... Even when ticket sales went on sale, they gave them, like, three weeks to put tickets. And as a promoter, it's it's not an easy thing to do. Right now is a tough time to sell tickets. I'm, I'm very grateful that we had as big of a crowd as we did, just with, you know inflation and gas prices and just so many other outlets to watch professional Summer wrestling. vacations yes. and stuff like that. It, it, people don't want to pay the ticket, you know, the ticket amount. So, uh, they're, they're kind of sh- shooting themselves in the foot with that. We didn't, you mentioned it too. We haven't even talked about it, you know, cause when we recorded our last episodes, the whole Vince McMahon thing, but yeah. go on, go ahead. Well, you're gonna say. But how can you get people hyped for FTR and Briscoe's like, let's just say you're a casual fan turning, tuning in. 
They don't show any highlight packages of the Briscoes. They don't even show any highlights of the match they had. I get it because they made those comments. You've signed, you've signed them to your Ring of Honor brand, which to me, it's all the same company anyway. Yeah. I mean, whatever BS you're trying to say that, oh, we signed them to Ring of Honor. They're not in AEW. But if you're pushing this show and you're pushing that match, why not show highlights of the match? Well, here, here, easy solution to a lot of this. Um, you basically turn... Um, what the fuck's it called? They're... Rampage. I could not think of it for some reason. Turn Rampage into almost an ROH light where you're doing a lot of your, which they've already started doing it, but do your ROH storylines on there um, and kind of build up that. And also the TNT title being on there as well because well, they're on TNT. so many fucking belts, man. It's, it's fucking crazy. Like, people give WWE shit for the belts, but at least they've kept the same belts pretty much for the last... I don't know, 10, 10 years or so. I mean, they introduced the universal title, which I understand, and they had a Raw and the SmackDown women's title. But you have three women's champions in AEW. You have the Ring of Honor women's champion. You have uh, TBS and TNT, uh, and then the AEW women's champion. Uh, you have all American, all Atlantic title. You have a TNT title. You have the tag team titles. You have the AEW title. You have the interim AEW champion. ROH title. ROH title. title. The ROH TV title. title. I mean, and that, that feud was stupid anyway. Like, Jay Lethal, I feel like, got buried in that feud more than he did any good when they, I mean, they didn't, they, that was the feud they were building and they quit because they fucked up that angle with the uh, the um, Singh guy. I can't remember his first name. But like the tall, really tall guy. Oh, oh, the, the Once one. he caught crap for that, he didn't, he didn't push it anymore. And that fucked Samoa Joe. Yeah. Yeah, from what I watched though, show what ROA show was pretty good. Um, I have no no flack towards uh, Gresham. I think guys, tremendous worker, very very short fellow though. That's the only thing I can really say. He is he is a short fellow. I do agree with him that he doesn't have to have a gimmick to just be a good wrestler and go out there and wrestle. It's been done before. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. I mean, it's not a race issue. It's not a black or white issue. He should be able to go out there and just fucking work, despite his size. You know, that kind of goes back to the vanilla midget comments. You know, with Benoit and and and, and well, Guerrero and Belinko. He's not much smaller than Taz. No. I mean, and Taz was the dominant force of ECW. Like, you can't tell me... I mean, it, there's something there. Like, Tony Khan wanted to give something to Claudio because he just signed him. Which, don't get me wrong. Claudio Cesaro, great wrestler, deserves to be a world champion. But, like, he comes in. He's there for four weeks and wins. Dude, the, wins the bill the for their match was, what, four days? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, maybe a week and a half. Like, they just threw him in there. I really think that was supposed to be Daniel Bryan versus, um, versus Gresham. That's kind of what they... Had alluded to before Brian got hurt, or Brian. And that could Danielson. be it too. I mean, and maybe they already knew they were on, already on the outs with one another. Um, I, I'm very surprised that the Briscoes are still hanging around, which is something I, I did not really anticipate. But, but yeah, but really quick, guys. Uh, with Vince Man, Vince Man retired, and um, it's it's a new era. Triple H and Stephanie Morales apparently high backstage, and there's a lot of this cool um, stuff to anticipate. Uh, we did find out today Matt Riddle is out for his mm-hmm. match, another injury. But uh, what do you feel about this whole? Uh, I feel like WWE has more excitement about it from a man retiring than it's had in a long time. People are, are excited to see what Triple H is going to do with it because they, they, I feel like there's going to be some full scale changes. You're you're going to see some things that that Vince McMahon hated that were stupid, like saying certain words and stuff. I think that stuff is going to be eased back. Yes, you're an entertainment company. But WWE is already known for all that shit. You didn't have to take the words out. I mean, they're when people talk about wrestling, casual fans, they don't say, 
They don't say, man, I watched AEW last night, or man, I watched wrestling last night. They're like, man, I watched that WWE last night, whether it's freaking AEW or not. I just, I feel like the excitement behind Triple H taking over creative and everything is, is good. I mean, it's going to get some eyes back to it. I think talent will be probably treated better. Uh, I feel like he'll be more accessible. Um, Stephanie can handle the business side of it. Triple H can handle the wrestling side of it. I feel like that's what should have been done a long yeah. time ago. Vince should have been the chairman and then somebody else done creative. Well, here's the thing too, man. Vince McMahon, it's, he's 77 years old. He's been doing this for, what, fifth, almost 50 years? Close to it, give or take, yeah. 40, 40, 50 years. And no matter what you do, any job, 40 or 50 years, dude, you're burned out. No matter what, you, if you want to admit it or not. Yeah. And and your ideas aren't going to be great every time. I'm not being a WWE stand. I'm just saying just for a fact. You know what I mean? Well, and here's the thing, man. I, w, Vince McMahon doing it for that long and building that company into a five, six billion dollar business. Good for him. Dude's dude's great with business side of and everything. I mean, his personal life is different. But you can't take away from the fact he was the CEO of that company for 40 years Build it into a global phenomenon. You got people online like, oh, I'm glad he's retiring. I'm glad he's off TV. Da, 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 da. You th- People don't realize without Vince McMahon, and I could talk probably about this for an hour, but without him, wrestling isn't where it is today. No. There's no AEW. There's no Ring of Honor. If he'd have lost the Monday Night Wars in the 90s, wrestling in itself probably wouldn't be around because Turner would have gotten rid of WCW. The whole, the whole idea of what it would be like if... WWE had lost. had lost because WCW was in so much financial disarray. Even when they were making money, they still would still they were on honestly losing money right. because of how much money they had lost years before. And their company being sold to another company that didn't want anything to do with wrestling was inevitably going to happen yep. anyway. So all these people crapping on Vince McMahon, Tony Khan, his bullshit comment about CEO and stuff. I mean, trying to be funny just shows how short-sighted he is in things. But, like, without Vince McMahon and everybody can crap on it, like, he changed professional wrestling. He made it pop culture. He made it a phenomenon. For better or worse. For better or worse. Yes. The territory. I know Brandon, you know, he's he's not a fan of Vince McMahon, but Brandon was a Hulkamaniac when he was a kid. Without Vince McMahon, you don't have that. Brandon's not watching AWA. That shit's not coming on in the South. I mean, his no, name. His, watch, his nobody is watching AWA. His name on freaking PlayStation is Lana Mania. Like, I mean, I mean, I know he's a Ric Flair fan and stuff too, but he was a Hulkamaniac back in the day. I mean, I just feel like people give him crap, and some of us, you know, deservedly so. But without Vince McMahon, we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing this podcast right no, now. We wouldn't. We wouldn't have NXT. We wouldn't have things like that to give Triple H a platform to have NXT. Long, long, long run of all of this is. Regardless of what the kind of person he is, professional wrestling has molded you and has molded myself to be the people that we are today and have let us fanboy for as long as we can, has got me into the wrestling business and involved on the other side of something I've always wanted to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm always, I will always be forever grateful for that. So uh, all personal things aside, uh, I, I appreciate everything Vincent Mann has done. Well, Pat McAfee said it best. He put out a tweet. He's like, thanks, thanks for the memories. Thanks for the business advice. Thanks for making me let my live my dream. And then he's like, not everyone's perfect. You know, nobody's perfect, but you deserve to be respected is the, the gist of it. Like his, his tweet was perfect because it, it, it shed, it points to, you know, you made some mistakes. Everybody made them, but 
you should still be celebrated for what you created and what you made. Um, and, and whatever comes out of all this stuff with, you know, the personal side of it. I mean, dude, 77, I mean, he's got enough money to do whatever he fucking wants to. And here's the, the, just the funny thing about all of this. He still owns 80% of the fucking company. It's still his company. That's how much stock he owns. He's the majority stockholder. So if he says, I'll fucking sell it. So before we, we finish up this subject, kind of move actually onto the podcast in this, in this episode, they said that Vince McMahon had, it was like $17 million, but he, it was not his personal money. It was WWE's money. Yeah, that's is not that, what they're trying is to Is that say. not em, uh, embezzlement? No, it's just, I guess it's just not been reported on the funds. But see, when this whole thing first came out, it was his personal money. So and that's now, it's not. now now they're saying it's not, which they're having to go back and change, you know, some fucking spreadsheets and shit from years ago. But if you spread out seventeen million dollars over, what is it? They're trying to say since two thousand six. That's bullshit to a fucking billion dollar company. This it's going to change your stock shares and stuff by maybe cents. I think if if they were privately owned, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Oh no, than being public. Yeah. That's why. That's why. But the th- but like I just think. So when it came out when it was his personal funds, I'm like, well, what does that matter? I mean, yeah, he paid some women to be quiet, but I mean, and, and don't take me wrong on that. I'm just, you know, I just generalize that. But like, it, he, if if there's severe wrongdoing here, yes, he should be punished. But like, if they took the money and were supposed to not say anything, aren't they just as complicit almost because they didn't say anything and they took the money? I mean, there's a whole lot of gray, and there's a whole there. Regardless, it's bad. But I just feel like there's more that's going to come out. We're going to find out more things. But I just feel like there's a fresh breath of air coming into the WWE. And it's, it's greatly needed. It's excitement. People are wanting to see where Triple H is going to go with it. I know they're waiting for the hammer to drop on Kevin Dunn. It's, it's, People, it's, it's happening. Um, and, and, and and also, Trompa, man. That fucking amazing promo I sent to you that yeah. Trompa did for The Miz. It was so fucking passionate. It was so fucking good. I highly recommend checking and it out. I feel like that doesn't happen. Without Triple H being like, just let him let him talk, because the guy can talk. He talked. He he carried him. He, and John, car- he carried NXT. NXT. Him and Johnny Gargano's feud in what was it uh, years run together now? Seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, that, maybe 18, 19, 18, 18, 19. 18, 19 was the backbone of that promotion from DIY to him getting injured, turning on Johnny, well, coming dude, back. Even they they had their like blow off was in twenty twenty because they were going to do the match and WrestleMania weekend did one final beat. Was that it, was that was a stand and deliver. Was that the one? That yep, because it was without fans. Because they did, they did the the cup spot where yep. Candice kicks him in the balls. Yeah. So I mean, Champa. I feel like you're going to see some guys in NXT that you could obviously tell Vince McMahon never watched. They just had buzz. He knew they had buzz in NXT. He never watched their stuff. Get a chance to open their mouths and talk and shine a little bit. And that that's that's promising for NXT. That's promising for people that left the promotion before because they know that Triple H has seen these people. I think the biggest detriment to the WWE now is Triple H doesn't have William Regal. I agree. And that, that's going to hurt him. But he does have Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff Jarrett watches everything, too. So you got that guy to bounce off of. And plus, Jeff Jarrett's still wrestling. He's going to Mexico. He's Ric Flair's last match. I mean, he's got these connections, too. I mean, he could probably help on that side of it too. I mean, they took the live event side of it off of Triple H, which is to me, I feel like Vince knew this is has been coming and he's been placing people oh, yeah. to get ready for it. 
I, I agree. And like, because Triple H used to be vice president of talent relations, and he did live events. Well, now he's just VP of talent, and now he's creative, doing right? creative now. But you have Jeff Jarrett in the live events part. You have Bruce Pritchard. Give Bruce Pritchard all the shit you want. Dude has come up with some great stuff in his time. He's a creative mind. and I, But I feel like him and Triple H have had time to work together throughout the 90s. Now, again, I feel like they could bounce off each other. I feel like some of this these creative committees, like with 50 people, I feel like some of that's going to go to the wayside. You're going to get back to maybe a room of five or six people that have a mind for wrestling. And that's probably going to benefit WWE and the whole wrestling business. Less scripted promos would be great. Yeah, I know that. Because that promo chopper cut was, was not yeah, fucking scripted. It was great. Uh, guys, before we get rolling onto this episode of NXT, we were going to take a quick break and listen to our ads, and we will be right back with you. Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star-studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW Live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN. Oh, hello. Do you know about Project Louder? Well, let me tell you. Project Louder is home to 16 of the finest podcasts a nerd could possibly procure. They have a show for everyone. Whether you're into horror films, modeling comics, 90s kid shows, or that weird tentacle-filled subgenre you search for at 3 in the morning. So head on over to projectlouder.net and treat yourself to something truly exquisite. We believe the mat is sacred. Honor is real. And everything is discussed under pure rules. My name is Ryan, one half of the Wrestling Purist Podcast. We review all things wrestling and don't pull any punches. We do an episode every Sunday where we go back and watch a pre-2020s pay-per-view and then talk about it in a segment we call the Retro Review. I also do an episode every Friday morning in our win series, which just stands for Weekend News. It gives me an opportunity to freely shoot on 10 news topics from the past week. I also do pay-per-view predictions and reactions to large breaking news stories like Tony Khan being the new owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Check out our Twitter page at the WP underscore pod. That's T-H-E-W-P underscore P-O-D for all updates. Our pinned tweet has other links as well, like our merch store and how to support our show directly. Remember, whether you agree with us or not, we're right, because we are the Wrestling Purists. And we're back, Travis. Penis fluffers. <laughs> They're not our sponsors right now. <laughs> Vince McMahon has some of those. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants I'm Bucker. not editing that out <laughs> he can do whatever he wants and Bucker it's on now who cares whatever you want man you live your best life old man you're 77 
All right, guys, so go ahead and get your peacock pulled up. Whip it out. Whip that cock out. This is going to be NXT from July 25th, 2012. It is going to be... Make sure we have our... Volume down here. Oh, oh there we go. Season season 6, episode 6 on uh, the Peacock app. 10-year anniversary, pretty much, when this comes yeah, out. We, we, we're doing pretty good. Uh, our next episode, we'll talk about at the end of this. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be a little different, but um, yeah, guys. So I'm going to say three, two, one, play, and we'll get rolling. Three, two, one, play. Play. P- play. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I, I, there, I, I did an intentional lag because no matter how how far you rewind it, it will not let you hit pause on the zero mark. It always has like a three or four second lag. So. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon from Wrestling Ruin hates that, by the way. Uh, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I make fun of him every time. Brendan Lene. Here we go. The opening here. Straight into it. Coheed and Cambria, guys. <laughs> still still a really awesome uh, intro song here. Uh, it's, it's wild to see uh, Dirty Dango... Uh, Fondango, Johnny Curtis in the opening, just knowing that I like I have like interactions with the guy now, and um, I was gonna mention something about him during their match, and I'll, I'll wait till we get there uh, that I noticed at this past show, uh, NGW show we did. Yeah, he gave Matt Cross a lap dance. Yeah, he did. He did. We'll, we'll talk about it here in a second. We got Regal and Byron Saxon tonight on commentary, hyping an ultra competitive. Nice uh, WWE two K thirteen sign out there. By I the saw way. that. I saw that. Yeah, uh, they say they're going to be an ultra competitive main event between Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Did not lie about that. It's a great match. Fucking wild. Ten years ago, these two guys. Oh, here we go. First match of the night, we get Bo Dallas and Derek Bateman versus Michael McGillicuddy and Johnny Curtis. The most awkward shit, too, because, like, Derek Bateman says something about the, the video screen, and Bo just ignores him. He goes, this is like, a spin. This is, like, the most mishmash tag team. They, Bateman and Curtis had their blow-off, and now they're still wrestling tag matches against each other. Yeah. And I feel like they should have been Tyson Kidd. Not Bo Dallas if they're continuing the McGillicuddy angle. So here's the thing. William Regal has some really good one-liners in this, but like not intentional funny ones, but to me they're funny. Oh, Chris said, Russo is announcing, by the way. Oh, Chris Russo. What oh. a guy. What <laughs> a guy. Get a new suit, buddy. Bo Dallas has this fire and desire about him. Look at the way the ladies swoon over him. That's what Regal said. Yeah, just just stop. Watch, watch Curtis here. He's gonna, throw his jacket look, 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 he's going to point to his ass. He goes, let's get weird. <laughs> I fucking love Johnny Curtis. And like he still exhibits some of this stuff now as Dirty Dango in the indies. He Regal says he's definitely weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. So I, the thing I was talking about here, so you look at Johnny Curtis here, and he's, you know, he's wearing um, just normal trunks. Now he wears, you know, like, like pants. Bell bottoms almost. Yeah, basically. So, the first thing I noticed, just being in the back in the locker room with him, dude has his legs completely tatted up. They mm. are so tattooed up, it's it's crazy. But then there was something else I noticed, too. He's starting to have more tattoos on his arms. But on his left arm, about by his elbow, or almost to the crease of his elbow to his bicep, he has a Brody Lee tattoo, and it says, yeah, yeah, yeah on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I was going to ask him about it. Um, he was uh, he was a bit all over the place, doing lap dances on Matt Cross, and... Uh, vowing to never wrestle in an NGW ring again. He got showered with toilet paper, which I popped for really hard. Like, it was great. The, for the fans to take that much time to... Had, fucking toilet paper used to be a premium, guys. <laughs> it used to be a fucking premium. And they're out there throwing in a dirty dango. He should feel special. Didn't you say something to Landry about it? I was like, like remember when this shit was hard to find and like, no one could get it? I was like, because this is all the, what they had left under their closet. 
But, oh. like, man, Bo Dallas, just, this is not my favorite Bo Dallas. He comes out to generic, like, West Texas redneck music when he comes out. He does get some Bo chants, but I've noticed the crowd is dead almost this entire taping. Fucking, they do not pop at all for Derek Bateman. No, there is nothing, nothing for him. He gets well, one I, smatter, and it's like, yay, good effort. Well, he's just kind of a bland baby face. God, that was a hell of a fucking uh, uh, baseball, slide. baseball slide right into Bo Dallas there. Uh, I, I like I like Bo Dallas's gear. I feel like they could have given him some better character development here. He's got a great smile. Shut the fuck up. That's what Jim Ross would have said if he was out there. Can't wait for Jim Ross to be here at the end and like say some really stupid shit. That's getting weird now. Talking about my asshole. I know what. What? What? I have my notes too. Like you mentioned it. Like I could have swore we had the blow off match between Johnny Curtis and Derek Bateman. I just feel like this would have made a little more sense for McGillicuddy if that would have been Tyson Kidd. Which I get they had a six man tag on one of the previous episodes we watched with, uh, was it Camacho, Hunico, um, McGillicuddy versus Kidd, Kidd, uh, Bo Dallas and who was the third? It was Seth, Seth, Rollins. It was Seth Rollins. Yep, that yep. was it. I want to say that was our first match that we had uh, actual NXT stars in the main event. Well, here's uh, the thing here. Uh, Bucket Derek Bateman is trying to get people to clap, and there's three people in the front row like, Yay! 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 Go Bo! Go Bo! Bo no! But no, 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 we're not there yet. We're not there yet. What's he, what's he say? Uh, uh, a smile that goes for miles. I can't. Uh, uh, I can't remember because I, right I couldn't now. take it seriously. I, I blocked like, it out because it was so fucking bad. It was not how that goes for miles and a fist that something something doesn't quit and a chin that doesn't give in. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, smile, yeah whatever. It, it sucked. It was not good. It was not good. Even even for the independence in 2010, not good or 2012. Sorry, friggin' EC3 over there would is now controlling his own narrative, doing nothing. Yeah, you know, they get a lot of hate because it is a little wild. Um, the thing that sucks is you have a guy like Flip Gordon who's part of it, and he's super talented. Mm-hmm. Just well, is it Marty Skrull part of it now, too? I'm not sure. Marty Skrull's still catching shit for yeah, something that was legal in Britain. Yeah, it's a very weird gray area. and To our standards, it's a little fucked up. Uh, to their standards, it's not. It's fucked up, but not looked down upon because of the the, the age mm-hmm. difference. However, I also heard that she lied about her age too, which is never an excuse, guys. Don't, don't get me wrong. No. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot of people who catch some flack. Uh, speaking of like you know catching flack, guys like um, Zachary Wentz. We booked Zachary Wentz this past weekend. Uh, the Rascals took on uh, Myron Reed and Jordan Oliver. A great fucking match. Former Nash Carter for people that don't. And you know, you know I, we were expecting to get a little bit of heat for that. Um, because of uh, his whole uh, Nazi picture that he put out, um, which was put out in, in dark humor. We get it. In some, private, which some people, nothing's private some, now. some people, you know, I understand that they're going to be offended by that. But, you know, I, I we we are we have a lot of dark humor in our conversations. So I completely understand. Here comes the finish. Thank oh, fucking God. God. They almost fuck it up. Which his mom and family came, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, uh, Zachary Winch's mom was there. Yeah. Falcon Arrow there. That's, he actually did that move to Matt Cross. Past past Sunday. And Hell yeah. Johnny Curtis gets the win here with Michael McGillicuddy. <laughs> they continue on the Derek Bateman. They field. actually make a pretty good tag team. They do. I, I, I enjoy that. I, I like it a little bit. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Freaking freaking the intensity in Michael McGillicuddy, though. He has the intensity. He, he just, almost it's weird because he almost looks like Curtis Axel. Yeah, he does. <laughs> He's trying to do that sideways like glare like his dad used to do there. It was kind of weird. 
Oh, look at my little Japanese I, I tattoo. Saw, I, saw, I just saw that too. He's a little tattoo. Like, oh, uh, oh this is great because Bo blames De- Bateman here. I was like, what the fuck, man? What'd you you suck. What? I can't smile for the ladies. What about your chin that doesn't give in? <laughs> Cut your hair, you piece of shit. Because I know. My hair's long. The fans yeah. hate you. Get out of here. He really does come to, come to his own. His EC3. We get Sofia Cortez versus Natalia tonight. <laughs> William Regal makes some uh, comments about both of them. That's great too. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I do not like um, Evelise with the blonde hair. I just not for me. I don't. Like and tonight's main event. Look at this young Drew McIntyre and this neck bearded Seth Rollins. Yes, I mean this is the future fucking main event you know, of pay per views. Seth Rollins looks like a lot like Jimmy Jacobs, which I know they were tag partners in Ring of Honor, and they were also uh, but do it for her. On yeah. uh, Wrestling Society X. Oh my God, Wrestling Society X. Uh, we were doing this. Uh, this we whole, said about that better. This whole gimmick with the Lost Boys for NGW, and they were talking about tag teams. And Bradley Prescott is such a fan for Wrestling Society X and Lucha Underground uh, that he popped really hard for that. Here, here's something that sucks. Cesaro's interest music here is god awful. Yes. I, I that's the first thing I have in my notes. I hate Cesaro's music here. I don't remember him having this song. He didn't have it long because he had that like it's like it's like almost like rapping or something like that. Yeah, but like, this is before that because this is like generic shit. I don't even know how to describe this at he, all. He looks identical. It's ten years later, and he looks identical now as he did then. He's not lost any muscle muscle tone. He may have be more toned now because you know what I, I believe I'd say so. I mean, Still yeah, got the pepperoni nipples though. Oh. Yeah, he he definitely is more cut up now. He's yeah. shredded uh, in the ass. Looks like he yeah. just had a big meal or something right there. Oksana, not a great worker, but she knew what she was there for. Fucking smoke show, bud. That's it. She was freaking hitting on Teddy Long. So Teddy Long got to like have like re- like pretend relations with some attractive women. And there comes the ring. We were just talking about how we did not have rain this episode because didn't and here he, comes like, the ring. Have something with like her. He had something with Crystal. He had something with another lady. She <laughs> she takes over SmackDown or something for a little bit. I, I don't know. A-Rob, one of the biggest question marks and missed opportunities in you know, we, this era. We were just talking about how Cesaro's music blows, but how Alex Riley may have one of the most underrated fucking theme songs. you got to say it to his face. You know what I do hate about Alex Riley, though? His boots are painted like they have kick pads. But they have fucking laces on the front of them. That is weird. I, I he he eventually goes to the kick pads, but like look right there. See, yeah, see, like, it is weird. They're fucking laced up. Hey, little buddy. Hey, hey little buddy. He's a John Cena fan, which you hate John Cena, so you wanted to punch that fat Toby kid in the face. Uh, <laughs> for us, and like yeah, but you yeah can't quit now. So here's the thing about Alex Riley. He has a cool cross tattoo on his back i i i always we've always heard the story that he rubbed cena the wrong way and that's what kind of stalled his push but there's never been anything to really prove that no just just him saying a few things but like he doesn't even i don't think blame cena really like i don't know maybe they just had a little thing in the back or something i don't know well he had a great physique he looked fantastic he was what vince mcmahon i thought vince mcmahon would like he's probably what Six, four, six, five. He's muscular. He's athletic. He could talk. Cause like when he was on his season in NXT, which was season two with Caval, like he was the best promo. Yeah, and like and he he had of, the the Letterman's jacket looked mm-hmm. cool. They put him with the Miz and made the most sense. Like they yep. they would have been a 
to me like a good tag team. Miz was right in the right about to start his uh, his singles run though, which kind of sucked for Riley. But they, but like they, he was with him when he was a WWE champion and all that stuff. So, I mean, then they broke it. They broke him up, which I I thought was kind of. A right was not a face. He was a swarmy heel. Yeah. And when they turned him face, the fans were just like, meh. Another another uh, generic baby face we got to deal with. Yeah, I think we wish, I think we wish some luck, uh, bad luck on us. This raid is loud. Oh, fucking Cesaro though, just picked him up like a fucking child and just yeah, ch- shot him on the top rope there. Fucking Oksana getting turned on by just wrestling, which. This is the match that JR's on, correct? Yes, he joins us for commentary. He also puts over Cesaro's winning streak on SmackDown. Yep, and it says that Cesaro's the future world champion, just not for WWE. But, like, he does a, um, I think, because JR just commented on that abdominal stretch he did because you didn't see shit like that much. And, like, I don't know if he hooks it on again, but he puts, like, he puts his knee around the guy's head and starts pulling back on it. Oh, yeah. And it was, uh... JR was like, oh, nice, nice move there. The crowd, once again, is just not into this match. Well, we've not hit that point where, you know, we have these set uh, NXT fans. But I do have something interesting to talk about here. Because, you know, like I was just saying, they don't really have their fans yet. and it's, uh, I feel like NXT doesn't hasn't really developed a style. No, no, they haven't. They're still very much in the early state. I mean, they're only six episodes in. So... I was watching Sami Zayn's Broken Skull session that they just put on Peacock. I've not watched it yet. It's pretty good. Uh, And he talks about his match with Cesaro in the two out of three falls match. Um, They've talked about it in the past about, uh, I think it was Cassius Ono was talking about, he was in the back talking to Paul Heyman. or Someone was in the back talking to Paul Heyman and they saw that match and was like, what was that? And they had to stop what they were doing because that match was so good. I think it was the spot where he does the turnbuckle between the, the turnbuckles DDT uh, mm-hmm. from the outside. But he talks about that he felt like that's the time when NXT guys felt like they could go balls to the wall and kind of develop an indie style on a mainstream um, in a mainstream company with with WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I agree. I feel like. A or NXT is right now is trying to find its footing, like what what it wants to be. We we understand it's developmental, but right now it's not really developed itself into that third brand. Well, for the first what is it first year and a half, they bring in WWE guys to to continually spotlight to try to get people in the audience, but then they slowly fade that out because they develop their own stars, they develop their own people, and like you didn't need that anymore. A lot of times they might would still bring in a dark match, but you didn't see those guys on the show anymore. Because I remember Del Rio and Sheamus have a couple matches for NXT, but they're like dark, dark matches, matches. Yeah. but they're not actually on the show. It was around this time. It was because like the first, the last, last yeah, this is that, this is that uh, abdominal stretch you were talking about. Because technically neither one of these guys is an NXT guy. They're both on the main there roster right now. Look at that. Friggin' octopus lock almost there. That, Look how big his calves are, dude. Mm-hmm. He is huge. But like that's that's part of the thing is like um, I just they 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 were trying to get people in there, and they did develop their own stars, but it takes them a, a little bit. Yeah. Because they, they they do some trial and error here. They try to push some people that don't really work out and different things. So my question to this is, I can't remember you know from us talking and research. But was Triple H originally involved with NXT, or did it slowly evolve to him being in, involved with help? No, I think I think he was involved from the get go because he's the one that brought helped close Florida Championship Wrestling and You're brought right. it into this. Now he, you start hearing more about him involved with it 
when they start opening the performance center and stuff. Then it becomes Triple H's baby. At this point, they don't really mention Triple H that much. I don't think they ever mention him. I think they until mainly they, Dusty. It's mainly Dusty, but like they like I there's a book on the beginning of NXT that goes through like the Finn Balor era. This it's written by WWE. It's really good. But like it, it goes into how they wanted to compartmentalize everything instead of having FCW where people couldn't be seen at. They wanted to take it to a place that had like Full Sail where they had rigging and things like that where they could do Gotch Neutralizer there, by the way. That's what JR puts it out there as. But like they wanted to bring it in and make it like almost where people could train on everything from refereeing to camera work to lighting to TV development and then they would bring in guys from the school and let them work on it and work on their degrees and stuff yeah. with it too so they got free pretty much free workers and those kids were getting college credits too so like he wanted to bring it in there and like streamline it instead of just being in a warehouse somewhere with like 15 fans yep. he wanted to he wanted to make it all in house which well, not only that it gives these guys the professional quality to work in front of and crowd a legit crowd to work in front of and they could also make it a WWE production on a smaller scale, teach them where the hard cam is, teach yeah. them where cameras are. You know, this, this makes me wonder, too, do you think a lot of these early tapings were probably students and, like, their families that were invited to come to the tapings? Probably. Some of them. This is a hell of a promo Yes, here. I put... Brawley uh, Pierce sucks, but... <laughs> it's funny because we have literally the exact same thoughts. Brawley Pierce is not good on the mic. Cassius Ono is cutting the most realistic promo so far. And he looks so annoyed with Briley Pierce. It's great. Well, I mean, compared to the shitty promos, I mean, Seth Rollins got a shitty babyface promo. Bo Dallas had the worst babyface promo. God, it just looks like a young Cactus Jack here, too. A little yeah, bit. ever since you said that to me, I can't I can't not see it. Like, even, like, the facial structure, like, he looks like Mick mm. Foley. And he had so much fucking potential. Just, just... I don't know. Like I think it was that 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 I'm I know what I'm doing attitude that like that Seth Rollins had to begin with that they kind of had to be like listen we're trying to help you here we're not we're not trying to hold you back but we're trying to show you how to do it on the main roster to prepare you for Vince which now necessarily they don't have to do that but like the NXT is a completely different world than WWE like there's more eyes there's more there's more public like because publicly traded company there's Things you can and can't do to piss off sponsors and things of that nature. NXT was just sponsored by WWE at this point. Like they didn't really have sponsors. No. So like they could do what they wanted to. Like, I mean, and they're putting it out on their own ne- network uh, uh, or, website. Yep, on their own website, and they eventually get the deal with Hulu. But like Hulu, I mean, didn't care what they were putting on at that time. It was a small time thing at that point. He says, "My name's Cassius, and I hurt people." Well, and you can tell here we go with Matt Stryker doing an interview that this was taped at a recent. Probably SmackDown. SmackDown or something. This doesn't even look like Drew McIntyre. No. Like, at all. It's it's wild. Oh, they give... Jim Ross gives... that. I almost think William Regal and Jim Ross are about to get in that fight about Drew McIntyre on commentary because they talk about all the struggles Drew's having in his life and stuff at this point. And Jim Ross is like, go get off the bus if you can't handle it. And, like, William Regal's like, hey, you know, he's going through some stuff. Like, I've talked to him about it. He's trying to Isn't he currently going to like, him and, uh, was he with um, Tiffany at this Tiffany, time? Tiffany, they, they were getting divorced. His, he mom had, his mom has cancer. He has alcohol problems. Um, uh, all this stuff. And, like, I don't think Jim Ross probably knew that as much as Regal did because Regal was kind of a mentor to him. But, like, it was kind of asinine for Jim Ross to say that without yeah he also said his uh, Matt Stryker was interviewing him saying his critics said or saying 
that his time has passed, which is fucking wild because Drew McIntyre is on a whole different level in oh, 2022. Yeah. He's a completely different guy. Just from like bodybuild and just promos and in ring, everything. He's always been a good worker, but he stepped it up a notch. We're getting Sofia Cortez versus Natalia now. I love that fucking jacket Natalia's wearing right She's now. She's got too much glitter on. There's a lot of gold glitter. To, uh, Brandon would not love this. Brandon would not love this. That jacket was cool. It reminds yeah. me, you know, just like Brett's. Sofia Cortez coming out here to like the most generic baby face, like, eh, cheer for me, please. Yay! I, I just, this is where Regal's like saying that he wishes that they were like, uh, or he could go around with Sophie Cortez or something. Sophie Cortez. Yeah, really quick. Natty and her sister, uh, and her sister's OnlyFans, and her titty popped out. Her nipple popped out. Oh, yeah. Out. Quality content, guys. Quality content. It's uh, just, this is also the time. But if you really look at Natty, like, now, her whole gimmick really hasn't changed that much. No. She's still the I'm better than you because I'm a heart. I think thing. she's prettier now than she was then, though. Yeah. I think with age, she's just gotten more beautiful. So good for you. They call her the ultimate dungeon diva, which I thought yeah. was pretty fucking cool. Because they talked about he they put over how she was in the you know the fucking heart man. He calls it the heart mansion and the dungeon. Of course. I do like how she laughed off her uh, hammerlock there. Like, oh, that's what you're trying to do now. Oh yeah. But this is actually a really good little. Um, I hate to call it a divas match, but that's what they call it here. Is this is a good divas match? It's actually a women's wrestling match, which tells you they had big plans, like we said before, for Sofia Cortez, but. She's got her own fucking way. Yeah. Oh, 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 you should never believe a heart. Oh, oh nice. Nice move. But, I, I have in my notes, too. The women are starting to become more prominent so far. We're starting to see more matches, more women's matches week to week. I do like her red and silver gear. Woo! Yeah. And fucking Ascension? You're coming out soon. Just calm down. Uh, but apparently, like, uh, I like this gear better than her almost LAX light gear that she had in the, was the oh, second yeah. episode where oh, she was yeah. like just wearing the baggy like cargos. Oh, <laughs> smacks her oh, on the William ass. Regal enjoyed that by the way. Enjoyed oh. that. I, I put that she is so aggressive and I love it. It's good though like that she, regardless of what you think about Natty she put Charlotte Flair on the map without Natty Charlotte Flair I don't think gets the the do that she gets right off the bat because in that match they have later on down the line. And her terrible sharpshooter that she puts yeah. on Natalia. Yeah. That Brett shakes his head at. Yeah, he's just like, fuck. <laughs> but like that match put Charlotte on the map. Without that, she's just the smiling Ashley Flair that she started out being with brown hair, which is weird to think now. Too. It is weird to think. It's like seeing her at WrestleMania 24 in the crowd just looks weird. Yeah. Or like some of those little uh, bob the nitro, the nitro stuff where like Flair's and there. Vince Russo. Yeah. <laughs> So I want to lay this knowledge on you. As we're recording this, guys, this is uh, July 27th. Two days before my birthday, by the way, guys. Um, Three days before and, my wedding. And, and, uh, depending on when our cuck uh, producer, TJ Bowser, drops this episode, it should be dropped tomorrow. Uh, Natalia, do you know when her WWE debut was? Like on main roster? Yes. Isn't it like 2008? It is. So, April 4th, 2008, and that's God, fucking good. wild. She's been with the company for 14 years on the main roster. Yeah, because she was in Deep South and stuff originally, too. She's a legacy that I don't see going anywhere, and I think it, once her time comes, she'll be a producer for the women. She'll be a trainer in NXT or yes. a producer for the women. The only part of Natty's game that is not good is her promos. She has never been a good promo. Even now, it's just... You could tell she's rehearsed it in the mirror, like, just, like, rehearsed it. 
This ending is shit. Yeah, I said a weird finish this match, but I guess it keeps both of them strong. Yeah. They're wanting to build her up, but Natalia couldn't really afford the loss either. And they're like they're setting up for them to continue their feud. But she's gonna be gone not, yeah. you know, not much longer after this. She only has a handful of matches. But like this whole I hate you, like she's like, I hate you. That's so stupid, but like She's just never been a great promo. It just she never had that part of her game, and like uh, uh, even with her promos with Ronda Rousey, it just seems forced. Like, and maybe that'll change now. Who knows? Like, if she's not having to read a scripted promo, this is pretty cool. She's attacking her after the match, putting that sharpshooter on. Look at that! Oh yeah, and cinching she, that, that bitch in. That's a good, good damn sharpshooter. Oh no, my hole! <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, Jackson. <laughs> God, she's gonna be a starcast this weekend. Do you know who she kind of looks like? Am, is it Satana uh, Garrett or what's Santana uh, Garrett? That's who she kind of looks like right there. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, what's her name in NXT too? Which was one that never got used a lot, but she's like an NWA champion for so long. Satana Garrett. Mm-hmm. Really? Nope. Well, she was like Scott Hall's favorite diva, like outside of WWE, for a long time. Because like every time they were at like signings together, they would take a picture together. Oh god! Oh my! We hear them already. The Ascension rises next. I like how they get their own little thing. They rise next and everything, and it's kind of cool. But it's like they change their entrance up again here. I like it. It's a little weird. I like it. When we get there, I like it. What started 999 episodes ago, thousand episodes ago, now. Look at that, Shawn Michaels. We're getting a highlight package here because Raw 1000 just happened the Monday before this, which was on a Wednesday. Wild to think too. Or Thursday? Was it Thursday? I can't remember. I think it was Wednesday. No. But this is Raw 1000, which is it's weird because I forgot this even happened where I knew the DX thing happened, but I forgot the whole Brock thing happens. Oh, yeah. Where they, they set up their match for SummerSlam. Uh, in the SummerSlam. Sandow. So I, I have it in my notes here that pretty much everybody who's like jobber guys on here are all wrestlers who have competed on NXT. Mm-hmm. Sandow. Oh, there's Lita. Heath Slater. Lita looking as Foin. only Lita could look here. Foin. This is one of the finest Lita ever looked. Oh, like they're seeing. It's like I'm seeing. I bet he was shitting in darkness in the back. So they, they had this. So Heath Slater is another guy that's been on NXT that pretty Damn. much the jobber here. Christian, Christian on here with the Miz. That's the Miz's first Intercontinental title, which reign. is crazy to think because now he's what like a eight or nine time Intercontinental champion. Oh, here comes the fucking Roddy Piper. There's May Young, Young in her hand. AJ gets married to Daniel Bryan, or does she? Reverend Slick is the com- is the preacher. I remember when the when the swerve come, no one was expecting AJ to become the general manager. Oh my God, the, the thunder ascension. is so <laughs> the thunder is so bad. There's a car alarm going off outside. Oh, the new general manager of Raw. This was in the midst of AJ's great run as like the crazy, just. Like Psycho Girl, and then Daniel Bryan's whole career changed with the him getting beat at WrestleMania in eight seventeen seconds. And then The Rock comes out later on in the show. This is the first. This is the first Raw to go three hours. Mm-hmm. And he he rock bottom Daniel Bryan. Ah oh, man, this was actually a really good episode of Raw back in the day. And but, then you get the main event of Punk and Cena, Punk cashing in. Also get the Brothers of Destru- Destruction. Every single one of those guys. Except for, I believe, Tyler Rex. I mean, they were on the other version of NXT. Yeah, All jobber guys from NXT. Drew's there. Drew's there. Like, yeah, Tyler Rex and uh, Kurt Hawkins were on the NXT Redemption show. This is the first time The Undertaker had been seen since, uh, was it WrestleMania? Yeah, since the match with Punk. Yep. 
No. This was before that. This would have been 28, right? Oh, this was after the... Uh, the uh, end of an era. Yep, that's right. Yep. Here it is, Paul Heyman, and this is when Stephanie slaps him. Oh, yeah. beats him up. And then Brock. Brock just fucking vicious. This is why I asked that question, because Triple H is in this feud, and I was making sure, you know, if he is involved with NXT, because he's doing all this stuff mm-hmm. still on the roster. Punk Cena, of course, have, can't argue, hard to argue. They had great matches every time they had a match. Fucking big show, though. I hated the big show at this time, and not because, like... He was a. I just didn't like him as a heel. Like he was just in there for no reason, really. And then CM Punk just turned heel. We, we popped so hard when he turned heel. I was like, Rock We knew it was coming. I love, I love heel Punk because they were doing little things to kind of lead to him being a, a heel again. But Big Show was just thrown in there for oh, no yeah, reason. Oh yeah, because the three way match we get at SummerSlam is uh, yeah. Big Show, Punk, and Cena. Cena. Yeah, and this is where Punk turned heel and just GTS the Rock, which sets up for. Royal Rumble uh, 2013, where your uh, daughter was consummated. Yeah, yeah she, she was conceived. And, oh, the Ascension rises. Conceived. Fucking promo's cool. The I scene, don't care what you say. They're, they're standing there at the top now, though, and they're like the lights flash on them. I like that a little better than, than fucking Fat Elvis walking out breathing heavy, which he still looks like he's walking with a corncob shoved up his ass <laughs> because he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Our buddy Kenneth Cameron, a.k.a. Tom Latimer, out here. He's kind of got rid of the pompadour a little bit. It's more slick back. It's not poofed up. So good for him. This this entrance is cool, man. Like I, I still stand by it. I don't know. If, I can't remember if he's still doing the hand light. On he this does. One. It's pretty cool, too. He screams into it. I think Connor O'Brien just ruins it for me. I think Connor's jacket ruins it for me. Like right there, he's like all breathing I, heavy. I dig stuff. it. I, I dig it. You want them to seem like a monster tag team, this is kind of the way to do it. Yeah. They're also wearing green and black gear, and it looks really cool compared it's to like the other stuff. He's about to go to like a gangbang or something, and he's psyching up. Have you ever been to a, uh, a rave? Uh, no, but I've been to a key party. <laughs> I'm kidding. What, kidding. What's a key party, Travis? <laughs> you just drop your keys in a bowl, and then you pick the keys out, and whoever you pick, that's who you go to the room with. You and Lindsay go. Y'all you know, have some like elite parties. Hey, y'all go I, I, to. I fly my pineapple flag too. See, I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to a key party in my life. Uh, pineapple's the swingers, yeah. correct? Yeah, but see, like that—that that was kind of they shouldn't have shot it so close because you could really just see the the light in his hand instead of making it like he had the light coming out of his hand. It does not look like Tom Latimer to me. It really doesn't. But you could tell he's kind of beefed up since those first stapens they did back in the first shows were in like April. I see what you're saying too. It is more slick back with uh, Connor O'Brien's hair here. The jobbers are getting an entrance, which is cool. I, I kind of dig it. I think they should have came out first though. I don't re- even remember this guy here on the right. Do you know who he is? No. I got I got you. Thank you. So we're getting uh, Dante like Dash and Garrett Dillon. Poor man's Trevor Murdoch at this point. Garrett Dillon is Jody Christopherson. Oh, Chris Christopherson's shit. son. Oh, my God. That's fucking wild, man. I did not even realize that that kid was still around at this point. Yep. So Garrett Dillon, Chris Christopherson, of course, of the Highwaymen with Willie, <laughs> Waylon, Waylon, and, and Johnny. Mark, and Johnny. No, no, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny Cash. Sorry. Bad. Uh, between FCW and later NXT, uh, Garrett Dillon spent three years with WWE from March 2012 till July 2014. So in a year he's gone, or two years he's gone. They look cool doing that before the match, like just standing there, like waiting. Oh, so he had just 
showed up. He had just signed. This was in March. He signed in March. This is in July. I'm glad you looked up Garrett Dillon. I meant to do that, and then I was like, oh, well, he's with Dante Dash, so that they don't last long anyway. Yeah, we already talked about Dante Dash on one of our past episodes. He's got Batista boots, by the way. He does. I, we, I, think, I think we commented on that, too. For a big guy, he is just not that good. I just... Like, I will say Connor O'Brien's probably in the best shape he ever is in oh, his WWE career yeah. here. Because when he gets later on in the Ascension, he gets... I'm a I'm a fluffy guy myself, but he gets a little pudgy. He a little bit. He doesn't keep that physique he's got right there. I do. I could do without all the fucking screaming, though. They oh. do. Which, I get it. You're supposed to be like fucking vampires or something almost, essentially. Like, you're... Creatures of the night, but the whole yeah. Tom, Tom, uh, Tom Latimer, hit us, hit us up on our uh, DMs and let me know what the gimmick was really supposed to be about to you. Were you supposed to be like Lost Boys or something? I, I just don't. Or maybe you're like part of that society that's in Blade. You know, there was a God. What was that guy's name? The villain in the first Blade. His name's Steven something. But like, they were like that society or whatever that they weren't Daywalkers or whatever. Like Blade was. Someone got into an argument and they asked me what the best vampire movie was, and it's down to three, and it's Fright Night, Vampires, and of course, What We Do in the Shadows, because that, mm-hmm. that movie's fucking awesome. What about an Interview with the Vampire? No. What, what about the vampire movie with Amy Murphy? Uh, is it Vampire in Brooklyn? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, they did almost the total elimination there. What about Dracula? So That's pretty good, too. Yeah. Cool NECA figure coming out, by the way. Yeah, it is. I do like the way he just, like, it just pins him like he's a piece of meat. They do a really good job of making them feel like a big deal. Stupid tattoo being seen right there, though, the little court jester. I will say Latimer is, like, beefed up, though, since the first episode. He's not as lanky as he was. He's not as Seth Rollins-esque. Yeah, he's not Seth Rollins anymore. Do you think this version of The Ascension would have gotten as far uh, with Kenneth Cameron, or do you think uh, Rick Victor was kind of the missing piece? I think it would probably became it could have became a three man team. I think it would have got further on the main roster with Kenneth Cameron. Yeah, he he looks like a guy Vince would would be into, not um, in a sexual way, just in a look way. Yeah, almost a total elimination there, almost like a leg lariat instead of a spin wheel kick. You like that? Use lariat. Oh, I like how Gillen, no, Dylan Garrett didn't show <coughs> back up the rest of the match. By the way, good. He knew his place. Oh, you know who my daddy is? Shine your purple light by eyes. Shine mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh. He does. He, dude, he, he is in fantastic shape. Both of them are. Fucking Ryback. Whoa. He's got a forehead as big as Ryback's. I don't like it. I've insulted him, though. Ryback sucks. Travis, I need you to be a star. Yeah. Show tolerance and respect. I, this was a big initiative, though, because they had, like, David Arquette. They had movie stars in this shit, dude. The Angus T. Jones from uh, Two and a Half Men. CM Punk was bullied his whole life. And then he's like, I remember like he he says in this, he's like, some some of the things that are the most hurtful you can't say. And like, in my head, I'm sitting there thinking like all the things he can't say right now. Because I'm like, I could see him getting called some of that stuff just by the pictures he had when he was a kid. They called Alicia Fox a boy. This was hers. I, I just don't see Cena getting bullied. I don't know, man. Did you see the haircut he was rocking in 2002? Well, he was like this the white rapper kid, so I could see that too. I like that Cena's wearing a suit and Punk's just wearing a white t-shirt. With a Be A Star pin on it. That tells you all you need to know right there. Oh, the, the next week, baby. This fucking promo for Big E gets me hyped. I think it's one of the best 
promos packages they've done so far. I will say he gets rid of those longer tights though, and eventually he gets the super short tights, like fucking the nut huggers, like, yeah, about Nikita, to pop out. The key to Koloff. But like he was a fucking beast, man. Still is. No no offense. Like he just has been out with that injury. But like Which is a shame, man. And the shame about his neck injury too is they're saying he's basically said if he can't come back, he's he's fine with it. Yeah. Which sucks because he's young, man. He ain't like he's fucking old. Oh, he just won the WWE title. He's coming off one of the best runs of his career. All this stuff. And then, like, he would pretty much essentially come back and be a hype man for the New Day. And not be able to do what he wants to do. Which he debuts next week, which is cool. This is the only week we haven't really had a debut. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we, nobody knew. Nobody knew this We're week. getting a big main event match well, here, guys. Drew McIntyre, technically, because he hasn't been on the show Hey, good job, though. No fucking gender this week. Oh, thank God. Yeah, this episode flew by with no fucking gender Mahal on here. All right, quit fucking mosh pitting up there. They he is are, wearing a only yeah. black shirt now. How about Oates? He comes out in a plain black shirt, no Asking Alexander shirt. I'm wondering if they um, if they were worried that they might catch a lawsuit from it. That's why they had him stop. Copyright issues and stuff, which a lot of people give WWE shit for some stuff, but they, they're very up on their copyright stuff. They don't want it. Any unnecessary hassle, which I understand. I think he would have looked all right if he just would have came out. I know, like his his like um, Beast Slayer, and like he, how many when he was you know uh, just left the Shield, he has like you know that, that shirt bad, that he, yeah. something like that would have looked cool with I think that. He had, like a little thrash metal top or something like that was like ripped or something that would have been cool. I know how he likes to dress up as you know like he did it as Dusty at the Hell in a Cell match with Cody. Um, He's done little things like that, like the shield gear with uh, the match he had with Roman. Oh, I love this fucking theme song. I, I know it probably wouldn't work now, but the whole out of time, say goodbye. What is yours now is mine. Broken dream. Oh, it, it, another one, great. another unrated one, man. Uh, it made me a huge fan of his when he first came out. I was like, hell yeah. I hope he brings it back for what is it? Uh, what's it called at the castle? Uh, Clash of the Castle. Castle Cla- Clash of the Castle. That would be fucking cool if he came out to Broken Dude, at dreams. this rate, there's no, there's not gonna be anybody to challenge for the fucking title. And might as well just let him challenge. You know he's challenging for it. Like they're saying that him and Shami's gonna have a number one contendership. Should be cool with Triple Threat. That'd be cool. Those two guys getting. A- I shot. think that'd be sweet, actually. I think I would dig him, Roman, and Sheamus It'd having be a three-way. new, too. Because, I mean, yeah, Roman and Drew feuded, but Sheamus hasn't had a nope. shot at Roman. No, I think it would work out. Uh, JR is back on commentary for this one. Uh, this JR says that he's been talking to WWE officials and that they have huge expectations out of Seth Rollins, and boy, were they right. Yeah, he has shorter hair, too. It's weird. Yeah, Regal says he's certainly on everyone's radar. And they're talking about how Drew McIntyre was the chosen one, but hasn't lived up to the uh, expectations yet. Yeah, to... this this is where you were talking about how they almost were arguing back and forth yeah. a little bit, and because Riggle's Riggle's trying to say why he hasn't lived up to the expectations, and Jim Ross is like, "Well, like pretty much shit or get off the pot. If you can't handle handle your life plus this job, you don't need to be here." And like, if you ever go back and watch his WWE twenty four thing. If I was Jim Ross, I'd feel like shit. Oh, yeah. Because this guy was going through a hell of a lot of stuff. His mom's dying of cancer. He's in a marriage with Tiffany that's not going great. His career's not the best. And he's drinking heavily. So at this point, he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to cash a paycheck. Yeah. My world's crumbling around me. And you got to think, he's only, what, 26 at this time, maybe? It's 20. It, it, yeah. So he's, he debuts in, what, 2010? 2009, 2009. 2009. Yep. 
because they cut it out with a kilt first, and then they yes. repackage him as a chosen one. <gasps> but, yeah, I mean, the guy is like 25, 26 tops at this point. You okay there? Yeah. I just <laughs> so there's uh, there's this infamous... Seth Frail. Uh, it was one of the first kind of things they put on the WWE Network was like the self-destruction of the Shield. And it talks about each guy's individual uh, rise to where they were at in the Shield. And Seth Rollins, you know, was saying, basically, I knew I was ready to be called up to the main roster long before NXT was a thing. And he said that he was getting the shouting matches with uh, Terry, Taylor. Terry Taylor. And then Triple H was finally letting, you know, kind of siding with, with Seth Rollins. And... It's wild to think, you know, these two guys. But he told him, if we put you up there and you don't do what you're saying you're going to do, then it's just going to reflect negatively on you. Yep. That's what he told Seth Rollins. He said, you can talk all this. He said, when you get up there, if you don't show it, then you only have yourself to blame. And you know, you it's almost like cockiness, but you have to admire the cockiness. I know he's got, had uh, Twitter words with Will Ospreay, which I still think the two of them would have a fucking phenomenal match. Will Ospreay's on a different level. I think he's definitely in the top ten in the world. Just I just, gonna get that I out just there. think he has that chip on his shoulder that he thinks he's uh, he's not a sports entertainer. He's a wrestler and all this shit. On all in all, buddy, you're the same. Like, as you now what you have, you have a gimmick now, technically in New Japan and all this stuff. You, it's just, I don't know, like. That's a dumb argument for me in that point of like, I'm a professional wrestler, he's a sports entertainer. Well, motherfucker, if you're just a wrestler, come out in some basic tights and shit. Don't say nothing and just wrestle. Yeah. They have, they're having a great match. So I want to mention this. So this is 10 years ago. And 10 years later, where they're both at. Um, Faces of the company. Drew McIntyre. This is kind of just a rundown of some of the accolades he's gotten in the WWE. He's a one-time NXT champion. He is a two-time WWE champion, and probably the hardest time to ever be a champion, he was champion. Yep. And I, I, kudos to him. One-time Intercontinental champion, two-time WWE tag champion, and also Royal Rumble winner. Yeah, because he's like the pandemic champion. He and, is. He lost it to Randy, and then he lost it to the Miz right at the end of it. Yeah. Because doesn't Miz... Gets cashed in on by Lashley. Yeah. And then Lashley beats him up and takes it. But see, that's the thing, man. He he had some... Just think if Drew McIntyre would have been having the matches he was having in the Performance Center with no crowd in front of a fucking crowd. Yeah, I feel bad that his Mania moment was kind of ruined. I mean, it wasn't his fault. You know what I mean? Nothing, Nothing he could do about it. So, But, like, he made the best of it, man. He became the face of the WWE during that time. He held it well. And... For and this is you know for them to say okay man we're in a we're in a terrible predicament right now with COVID you're our guy that's got to make him feel good though oh, yeah because they're like man we're sorry there's no crowd here but you're the man we expect people to tune in and see the every only thing Monday that kind of hurts Drew McIntyre is the fact that um, he got he he had the babyface champion. Uh, curse where everyone gets stuck with Dolph Ziggler or they get stuck with Randy Orton because uh, there's nobody else for them to work. Yeah. So they had, had good matches with Orton. The ironic yeah. thing was Money in the Bank 2020, Seth Rollins faced Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. I will tell you though, the least with Ooh. Drew, his feud with Ziggler made sense because they were tag champions. Oh, yeah. And like they, he was saying that Ziggler was trying to say that McIntyre rode his coattails to the top. Like, and and Ziggler's got the curse too. If he's the great hand that can make everyone look good, he's just not the champion. 
So I don't really remember that, him nipping up like that. And Seth nips up and does a nice little kick. Because that's what's going to happen with Theory. Ziggler's going to be putting a match with Theory, yep. and he's going to be made to make him look good. Also, uh, about Drew, he was the 31st Triple Crown Champion. That's interesting. Yeah. Seth Rollins, this kind of breaking down what he's done so far up to this point in, in 2022. God, dude. One-time NXT Champion. Spoiler, you'll see that soon. Uh, you're going to see an early version of the Claymore here. They're also talking about how Dusty Rhodes has a huge announcement next week, which leads into what you just said. Yep. They announced the tournament for the title next week. They do. Uh, he's also a two-time WWE champion, two-time Universal champion. Nice move there where he like flatliners him into the second oh, yeah. turnbuckle. Sorry. Two-time Intercontinental champion, one-time U.S. champion, beating John Cena for that. Six-time tag champion with Roman, Dean, Dean J- uh, Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan. Um, doesn't he win it with Murphy? I believe so. Yes, I think they lose it. I think they lose it to Ray and um, Dominic. Dominic. Yes, that was during the whole pandemic. Pandemic and the whole eye thing. Yep. Oh yeah. But like Drew McIntyre, I mean, they have a good match. I mean, and the thing of it is, these guys have chemistry. Which oh yeah, it's evident here. Yeah, it's evident here, and they have even better matches in twenty twenty two. But like, this is when kind of Drew's half hearted into it. This is still a, putting on a banger match. This is a real good match. This match is only like five and a half minutes long, and it, it feels, feels longer. longer. It, it feels, feels really longer. good. Like, it's paced very well. Uh, of course, Seth Rollins is a Money in the Bank winner, Royal Rumble winner. He is the 18th Triple Crown champion and the 19th Grand Slam champion. That is crazy how many time, like how many Triple Crown champions there's been since Seth Rollins became the 18th one. Yeah, because Drew is 30, 31st. Yep. So you gotta think, trying to throw some names but in there. You gotta think, you gotta, the Miz wins it. Miz is the only two time Grand Slam champion. But then you gotta think, like, Bobby Lashley's in there. Um, Roman? Roman's in there. Boom! Cena's in there when he wins the U.S. title finally. That's an early uh, rendition of the um, Claymore. Claymore. Beautiful, beautiful knife. head of hair on uh, Drew McIntyre. Absolutely. Here, by the way. He's going to pick him up. Do you remember the, is it the Future Shock? Is that the yeah, name of it? that's what they called it. They called it the Future Shock. I think he originally called it the Scott Drop. I think that's what they yeah. called it. And then it became the Future Shock DDT. And now what's it called? I think it's still the, the future, future Shock. I think it's still the Future Shock. Because that's the, what, um, was that the Paradigm Shift now for Dean Ambrose? Yes. Isn't that what he uses? Yeah. yeah. Big, I was a big fan of the Future Shock. I just loved Drew McIntyre when he first came out. Heal or not, the fucking theme song, the swagger, the fucking cool finish he could hit on anybody. Like, he just, I like when Vince McMahon said, I thought he was the next guy. The crazy thing is Drew's already packing on some more muscle here. Well, Drew, think about it, man. Drew's wrestled The Undertaker. He's wrestled, he's wrestled the top of SmackDown at this point. And, like, he's on the downturn of his, of his young yeah, There's always, there was this, kind of like this urban legend, but kind of turned out to be true, that the reason Drew McIntyre and Sheamus were getting their pushes is because they were... Sheamus was uh, gym buddies with Triple H, and Drew Shawn Michaels liked Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. So I think that was kind of the reason. Do you, Seth Rollins losing, do you think the right man lost or the right man won? It Well, it puts doubt into what's about to come, which they mentioned the, you know they're going to have an announcement issue which becomes the tournament. But it gives Seth Rollins stuff to overcome in the tournament because doesn't he beat Drew in the tournament? I believe so. So like, I think it's the first round. So is, they, is, is he, he he faces Drew? They put it in there. I think they knew what they were doing at that point. They're like, okay, we got to give Seth some kind of obstacle to overcome. The sh- like Drew's got his number, different things like that. So I think the right guy won there. Um, and it also is if you're looking at it as a just a WWE fan watching NXT, Drew should win. He's the more yeah. experienced guy. Yeah, I get that. Knowing what we know now, you would think Seth would win, 
but I just think a lot of that has to do with um, just knowing that uh, he was this he was a former Intercontinental Champion, the chosen one, and he's and it gave something for Seth to, or Drew to prove in that match to show that hey, you know, I'm here to prove that I'm supposed to be on the main roster kind of thing. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. So I I think the right man won. Match of the night. That one, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, it's it's Seth hard Rollins. to argue. It, it, it's a really good match. If um if Nat- if Natalia and Sophia had had a finish, that might have been a runner because they were they were putting on a good little match to that shit finish where she just kind of laid outside. Which the whole show was good. I'm not gonna lie, the whole show was really good. It just didn't um just uh, Seth and Drew stole it. I would say. I agree. Breakout star. Uh, it's a little harder on this one because there's not really anybody new coming in. Um, I think the Ascension look like beasts on this. Like they, I think their presentation has gotten better since we first started. They watching. gel really well together as a tag team. They're filling out. They're figuring out how to present them better. Like I like the whole Connors in the corner, Kenneth over the top of them, like just staring down the guys like they're a piece of meat. Um, their entrance to me has gotten better. Like they're figuring out how to shoot that to make them look more menacing, even though it's not my favorite thing. I'm going to give it to the Ascension. I'm going to say Cassius Ono. Yeah, I promo. feel like his promo is the most realistic promo we've gotten so far. It kept me entertained. It makes him feel like a big deal. It makes him feel like he has a ton of potential, which he did. Uh, but I, I give it to uh, Cassius Ono. I, I will say they packed a lot into that 43 minutes. It was a good episode. I want to say probably the best episode so far we've watched from top to bottom. And it, and it flew by, and it, I'm excited for Big E next yep. week. Yep, they've done a good job hyping that up. They're, they're throwing in, you know, stars. Uh, they got me accustomed to seeing Seth Rollins as a big deal. They put him in the main event against Drew. So uh, I feel like they're on the right track. I'm really confident about where we're going to go from here. Um, but with this being the end of this episode, guys, we have something special planned for our next episode. This, just a few days away, Travis is getting married. Uh, so he's going to be on his honeymoon. So we are going to do a very special episode, a very special segment we're going to call for our next episode called Wrestling Recommendations. We have actually had an idea of doing this. Um, now, we know this is the NXT podcast, but this does not necessarily have to be NXT matches. But it's going to be matches that we both feel like are good. And I think what we'll do from week to week, uh, we might do these you know, once a month, um, come up with like maybe five, six matches, and um, we'll put them on a wheel and spin mm-hmm. it. Yep. And 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 see what match gets. And uh, once our ten matches are kind of, we go through those ten matches. We'll add ten more, and that way, I think it'd be a fun way of doing it. However, I put on social media. I was like, "What could we do?" So, High Spots just started doing their new app that they have, and for free on YouTube, they put the match between Davy Richards and Josh Alexander from Uncivil War last year. And I really wanted to cover that one. However, with the NXT theme, I kind of wanted to keep it that way. I immediately thought of the very first episode of NXT with Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho in the main event. And uh, First time matchup. Yeah, so with that theme in mind, we're going to go with Chris Jericho versus Daniel Bryan. So our next episode, we're going to do a quick watch along of the main event match from the very first NXT from February 23rd. 2010 and uh we're looking forward to that but before then travis 
what you got for me? Well, as you said, uh, this Saturday, as after this comes out, and probably when Wrestling Ruin comes out. Oh yeah, which I was supposed be, to have been dropped last week, but you know, yeah. neither here nor there. But uh, we, um, I will be a married man, and then on Sat- Sunday I will be flying to Jamaica to enjoy my honeymoon. So I will not be here the next week. But uh, I'm still selling stuff over there on TGL The Man 12. We'll be out of the country next week, so if you buy anything, it will be the following Monday before it gets shipped out. I've already got everything set up to be away. Um, so going to try to put, I probably, while I'm bored, I've took a bunch of pictures of things. I'll probably, if I'm just sitting there on the beach, I may be adding stuff while I am in Jamaica. Um, then we have, still have Todd, the, uh, medic second annual toy show coming up August 20th. We'll be there to sell stuff. Me, Brandon and Eddie, um, Brandon, our cohort on wrestling ruined. Um, we also still have our other podcast wrestling ruined, which me and Eddie recorded an episode, uh, solo without Brandon just, uh, had some, he had a last minute cancellation at work, so he had to go in and cover that shift. So we include Brendan in a very humorous way. Hashtag so. chirpies. Uh, yeah, hashtag a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but uh, check that out this Saturday when it comes out. Um, we, me and Eddie both have upcoming appearances on the Wrestling Purist down the line as well. Yes, I believe that actually the this weekend I will be uh, on doing Money in the Bank 2011. Yeah. And I was supposed to record the Sunday... Um, Next Sunday, not this Sunday, but the next Sunday, but I will be on, just coming back from my honeymoon, so I think we delayed it to the next week from when I come in, so I'll be back in two weeks after that, so, um, to cover New Blood Rising 2000, so if you want some WCW. When New Blood Rising, New Blood wasn't even a thing anymore. Hey, listen, we're all over the place. You want 2010s, you want NXT, you want 95, you want 2000 WCW, we're your guys, just follow us around, uh, and you can also find me on the Twitter at Travis Lasseter if you want to fuss at me about... My opinions on Vince McMahon or why I think the assistant's entrance sucks or why Chris Russo has uh, ill-fitting suits. I am all uh, ready for your opinions that will obviously not matter in the end. So really quick, I just got this. Uh, we just got this message from in our group chat from our buddy Eric. Uh, Tony Khan released a statement about Triple H taking over uh, and AEW guys uh, possibly coming back. Here is, here is his exact quote. People think that just because the CEO, chairman, head of creative, those people changed in the competition, people I have five-year contracts with are going to magically switch teams. Good luck with that. Adam Cole is signed until 2027 now. I wouldn't expect to see him going anywhere anytime soon. Malachi Black has almost five years left on his deal. I wouldn't expect him going anywhere anytime soon. Well, here's the thing, man. Um, They can ask for a release from their contract, but I don't think... Uh, he's going off of internet rumor. He's falling into the dirt sheet shit of where people said that they would love, you know, if Triple H was in charge, they may not have left. I mean, that's just people talking. Maybe that's been said before. Yeah, dude, you've got them under contract. Good for you. Now fucking use them. I mean, you've let Adam Cole get so fucking injured, you can't use him. Sorry, I'm going to go to rant here. Malachi Black's in the fucking House of Black not doing a goddamn thing on fucking TV besides, like, fucking choking out Darby Allen. So guess what? You haven't used him to his full fucking potential either, you curly-headed fuck. You're not a good booker. You only stay relevant on Twitter with internet fans by saying shit that appeals to them. So you know what you should do is shut the fuck up, book your shows, and make sure you put out a quality product so Triple H doesn't kick your ass and take those guys back in five years and make them bigger stars that you couldn't fucking make them. Because guess what? You wouldn't have fucking signed them if NXT and Triple H and Vince McMahon hadn't made them into bigger stars than they were before they signed them. So shut the fuck up and book your shows. 
I can't wait to just clip all of that and make it into a video that I'm going to put on to our Facebook page. Because, dude, like, I, I'm so tired of hearing Tony Khan, such a great booker, such a great booker. You fucking put on a ROH show with fucking three weeks notice that your people, you're trying to cover up the fact that fans didn't come and shit. You ran off one of the best champions ROH has ever seen, most technical wrestlers, made him want to quit the fucking business. So guess what, Tony Khan? You're not some goddamn savior. You're fucking killing your own fucking company and the talent in it because you're letting them get fucking injured. Daniel Bryan would have probably never been put in a goddamn fucking uh, stupid-ass uh, arena brawl if Vince McMahon and Triple H would have been overlooking his career and let him get fucking injured. They wouldn't let John Moxley cut himself every fucking match he has. And uh, guess what? Adam Cole probably wouldn't have been put in a position where he'd have got a super fucking concussion because he hadn't fully recovered from the last one. And oh yeah, you fucking signed Jeff Hardy and let him get drunk and do fucking drugs and you had to take him off your TV show and then you act like, oh, I'm going to send him to rehab when you made fun of WWE for trying to send him to rehab and save his fucking life. So fuck you, you piece of shit. God damn it, I feel like Brandon. <laughs> fuck Tony Khan. I hope the people in AEW have good careers, but fuck you. If you're at the helm of it, you're just going to drive them into the dirt, use them for six weeks, and put them on fucking dark and elevation. So you can go fuck yourself. Well, so... Quote, unquote me on that. <laughs> so shit, guys. Uh, Travis's rant's over. Um, fuck them. NGW, guys. We just had our show. We had just announced uh, Project Violence 2. No ring, no rules bar show. First one was a blast. Uh, we had quite a few people in this awesome bar called the Brickyard Bar and Grill in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, right off Kingston Pike, not too far from uh, University of Tennessee. Uh, so far, we announced the new uh, Eastern States champion, uh, Logan Easton LaRue, which you think is Lash LaRue's cousin. It's, it's Lash LaRue's fucking nephew or something. <laughs> and if Lash isn't at this bar show, then I riot. But yeah. So, like I was saying too, guys, Uncivil War 7 just took place. It should be popping up anytime soon here on the High Spots Wrestling Network. Uh, check us out, nextgentn.net, nextgentn on all social medias. Uh, definitely check out you know, the next Evolution Pod, NXT Evolution Pod on all social medias. Uh, Wrestling Ruined, our other podcast, which Travis alluded to, at Wrestling Ruined on all social media, and also with the Project Louder Network. Check us out on projectlouder.net, I believe. ProjectLouder.net, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Project Louder. Yeah, I need to be on your Power Rangers podcast so I can talk about how uh, fucking uh, Austin St. Whatever his name is, piece of shit. Red Ranger, he sucks. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I never watch Power Rangers, so. But until next time, guys, we'll see you with wrestling recommendations on the next episode. Congratulations on getting married, buddy. Thank you. This would be really awkward if she, like, bells on the wedding and then we're like, oh, we released this episode and this is like... I'm just going to get drunk with all the fucking alcohol we bought, so... Hell yeah. Hey, I'm excited. There's probably going to be a little special uh, video that will probably be put online from my wedding that will be wrestling related. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I'm supposed to do a speech, right? Yeah, you're supposed to do a speech. Shit. But yeah, it'll be fine. I just just cut a three-minute promo on Tony Khan off the top of my head. I'm going to be be shooting at your wedding. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Just shot all over Tony Khan's fucking curly mop hair. Oh, fuck him. All right, guys. We will see you next time, and be safe. Bye. Bye. Jumping, jumping, jumping. Travis, wrong podcast. Travis, wrong <laughs> podcast. Fine. Travis.